Swings and gives one a ride to deep left field. He watches it. It's gone. Ethan Hearn ties this ball game. Munoz the 0-2 pitch. Alcantara skies it high to right field and deep. Hour back on the warning track, and it is gone. And slam Kevin Alcantara. First pitch from Rindle, and that ball's flown out to deep right field. Jacob Wetzel moving back. He dives. He makes the catch. Got him swinging. Walker Powell, Adam Lasky, and Jake Rindle combined for the third no-hitter in Pelicans history. You're listening to the Pelicans Road Trip interview series, hosted by Birds broadcaster Sam Wiederhaft. Now here's the conversation with Pelicans starting pitcher Luke Little. Welcome back to another episode of Pelicans Road Trip. The Pelicans are playing in Augusta this week, and we have another pitcher coming on the podcast this week. This will be Luke Little, starting pitcher for the Myrtle Beach Pelicans. Luke, appreciate you taking the time. Um, we're doing this interview on a Wednesday, so just got done with the series opening game on Tuesday. But, you know, overall, how's the trip to Augusta been so far? You're only about a day in, but uh, what's what's been going on? Um. I mean, it's been a decent trip. I mean, we got it was a long. It was like it wasn't like a long drive, but I mean, we had to get up early in the morning to come here. So, uh, but I think everyone was ready to play yesterday. We just, I mean, we lost by one run, and we had some, you know, some stuff happen the first game. A little bit of umpires kind of, you know, getting the best of us. But I mean, it was, it was a good first game of the series. So, I mean, hopefully, we can come out for the rest of the series and kind of, you know, take advantage of them and kind of maybe maybe go maybe went out from here. So. You've been with the Pelicans since uh, opening day of 2022. So the whole year, you've been every single road trip to Delmarva, to Charleston, to Augusta, to Columbia, everywhere we've been. Um, what's been your favorite road trip so far of the 2022 season? Oh, that's tough. That's that's actually really tough because honestly, there was like there were certain things that like made every road trip really fun. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of all the road trips we've been on. See, we've been to Augusta, we've been to Columbia, we've been to Charleston. I would say, go ahead. Uh, you're Canapolis as well. I forgot to mention yeah. that one. That's your home state too. Yeah, um, I, I'm not going to count Canapolis Can- just because, like, I didn't stay at the hotel. I stayed at my house. Yeah, okay. um, <laughs> Obviously, that would be number one just because, like, I was able to go everywhere in the mornings. But uh, I would honestly say um, Salem, I would say. Nothing baseball-wise, though. It was just like, it was one of the most interesting trips in terms of like where the location of where we were. It was just a really interesting trip. Like the hotel wasn't the greatest hotel. Um, Like the city was just really like, it was really eerie. It was a really weird city. So, but like, but then at the same time, like me and uh, me and some of my teammates, we walked like two miles to dinner in the middle of a median, uh, like in the middle of the highway in the middle of like a grassy median we walked like two miles to dinner and the dinner was amazing was that after a game or was like when was that this was the first i think it was the second day we got there we had like a we had like a 12 o'clock game so we were able to do like we had like the rest of the day after so it was like it was actually kind of late at night it was no it's actually the first night we got there we got there at night and it was like nine o'clock and we walked all the way to this place. This is a state. It was a. It was called Ichiban Steakhouse. It was a Japanese steakhouse. Yeah. And we got there, and they were closed for seating. So we luckily we they ended up were able to take up takeout. So we got takeout, and then walked across the street 
to a closed ice cream parlor and sat outside their tables and ate our dinner and then walked two miles back to the hotel. Oh my gosh. <laughs> is, is Salem such a weird city that they don't have Ubers or like, do you just they like want to walk? Oh, we didn't Uber. We didn't, we just didn't want to Uber. We just wanted to walk. And then like, they don't have sidewalks either. They did not have a single sidewalk in the city that we could see. Wow. That's yeah, it was straight grass. That's unbelievable. I mean, I to count that as your favorite road trip is just uh, is crazy to me. I want to go back to Canapolis that you said you stayed at home. I mean, that had to be a wild week for you just because, you know, the, the Pelicans clinched the first half and go to the playoffs that week and you get to stay at home. I mean, what what was that week like for you? That one's honestly, I mean, yeah, that one's my favorite, but I don't want to list it as my favorite because it didn't really have like the travel vibe because I was literally living at my house. So like, I I don't, I don't want to count that one, but obviously that would be number one, but um, it was really good to be home though. Cause like I was able to drive from, I was able to stay in my own bed, like, like the comfort, like just like the comfortness of being in my own bed, like at home and it it made it a lot better. So Uh, how, how close was that drive from your house to the ballpark every day? About 25 minutes. I live in uh, I live in Cornelius. Okay. So that's about, I mean, I guess that's the same as what you're doing in Myrtle Beach, right? Where, where, where you guys are staying now and driving to the ballpark. That's about, about 25 yeah, minutes. Yeah, it's, it's probably about 25, 30 minutes. It depends. Like, if, if there's no traffic, like, after the games, I get home in, like, 15, 15 to 20 minutes. But, like, coming to the game, it's like, it's like 25, 30. It depends on what's happening at 501, man. That that highway is cursed. I hate that road. Um Everybody in Myrtle Beach hates that road, but I don't know. It just depends on what. Yeah, the there's, there's always something going on in that street, dude. There's there's always a crash. There's always a big backup. I mean, there's the lights are always screwed up. It's an absolute mess. Yeah, there was like uh, there was one day where we were uh, we were driving, and I had to take some more because I thought I was gonna be late, and I had to get gas too. I had like like twelve miles left of range in my gas in my tank. And there was a wreck and I looked on the maps and it was just completely red going up. And I mapped how, how long it was going to take to get me a half mile up the road to the gas, literally a half mile up the road to the gas station. It said 19 minutes. God. And I was like, I'm going to run out of gas here. I'm going to have to be pushing my car to the gas station. Dude, I, I know that too well. And it, the problem is it's like that every day. It's, it's, absolutely it literally is. there's always something going on on that road. Uh, dude, I know. I mean, I, I can go on and on. I have a whole plan for when I become mayor of Myrtle Beach that I'm going <laughs> to change the roads, but that's for a later time. Um, so, okay, let's talk about pitching in Myrtle Beach. I mean, how have you liked pitching at Pelicans Ballpark this year? And uh, just, you know, from your perspective on the mound, starting the games that you do, just, you know, what's the environment like? Um, I mean, obviously the environment is fantastic. Like usually we're always at, like getting fans in every night um, compared to, Almost every place we played at, we haven't played in Charleston on a weekday because we've only played them Friday through Sunday in Charleston. But out of every other place that we've played, there's not another place that has more fans during the week, like Tuesday through Thursday games. Like there's no place that has more fans. Like Salem's games are usually are dead Tuesday through Thursday. Like Columbia is like that. Um, Delmarva was like that. Like usually, most of the stadiums are really dead, but we actually are still able to put up like two to three thousand fans a night in the, during the week. So it's honestly really fantastic to play in, just knowing that every outing you go out and there's always going to be like a lot of people cheering you on. It kind of gives you like that adrenaline rush. Yeah, 
Well, I mean, it's, I'm sure it's a great place to play, you know, single A baseball being a vacation town that Myrtle Beach is. There's always something going on. Um, I mentioned it before, but you're originally from, you know, outside Charlotte, North Carolina. Had you been to Myrtle Beach before to vacation or is this your yeah, first several, time? Several times. Um, I've never I had never been to a Pelicans game, but um, I had been I had been vacationing there for a long time as a child. Yeah. Um, and then I got I played uh, I played baseball at the Ripken Experience, like just up the road. Okay, that, that Ripken, I mean, that's such a big attraction for baseball players. I've talked to Triant, Triantos has played there before. Um, you know, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of guys that have played at that facility. Like, how old were you when you played there? Was it like a young, a young kid thing, or when? when I that? played in it when I was 11. Okay, were you six eight at the time? <laughs> Close. I was almost. I think I was like five eight. Okay, uh, I mean that's that's taller than I am now, so that's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so you hadn't been to a pelicans game before you've been to plenty of pelicans games now i've mentioned it before you've, you've been on the roster since opening day um and since opening day i mean this roster especially the pitching staff just seen a lot of turnover with you know just a ton of guys getting promoted since the beginning of the season um in in a way you know obviously that's great you you want to get promoted but uh how do you think that's kind of affecting you know the dynamic and and the chemistry of where this team's at now compared to you know, just maybe a couple of weeks ago. Um, I mean, the chemistry, honestly, it's, it's, it's changed a lot from the first couple of weeks we had like all the other, all the other guys from the bullpen that got sent up. Uh, I mean, the chemistry at the beginning of the season was immaculate. Like we were all vibing together. We were all great teammates. Um, not saying that's changed. Like we're all still great teammates, but like the chemistry isn't there of like, like just bonding with all your teammates. We all still go out there and we all still pitch very well. But, I mean, it's changed a little bit, so it's kind of we have to, we have to adapt to it. I mean, we have pitchers going out every day. But, yeah, and, I mean, you, you mentioned it. Like, we've seen a lot of guys get moved up, a lot of them recently starting pitchers. I mean, Devers and Hodge pretty recently. Um, as you, you know, for you as a starting pitcher, how does that give you kind of extra motivation to uh, try and follow in their footsteps? Um, honestly, it's it's like – Seeing like all the starters and others get moved up, obviously it really motivates me to like just keep pitching the way I am, which obviously I feel like I've I've been kind of like I've taken a turn like around the corner. I have had a really, really couple good outings. Uh the past I think three or four outings have been really good. Um so it just it's honestly just motivation to push me to like just obviously just go out there and throw the best that I can every night. And obviously like getting promoted is not in my control. So at least just go out there and just control the things I control and that's my hustle and my attitude out on the mound. You talk about turning a quarter. You've had a great month of July, an ERA under two for the month. Um, on the season, you pitched in 17 games, a 2-7-0 ERA. Uh, I guess in your words, how do you think your season has gone so far? Um, it could have been a better start, or kind of like middle point. Um, I mean, I've had some good months, um, but there's been a little bit of a rough patch towards the beginning of the year. We were kind of making a lot of changes mechanically. So um, once we got through there, and there we started hitting the stretch where we started getting better and better and better. And then the pitches started getting – I started to see more uh, like depth on some of my pitches. So um, I think I'm starting to – I'm getting more confident in how my first like minor league season's going. I mean, you mentioned being more confident. A big start for you last weekend in Charleston. You went four innings for the first time uh, in your career as a starter. Um, how have you been able to, you know, build up your workload as the season goes on? Um, I mean, it's just getting out there and throwing every outing. Like, it, they uh, they updated the beginning of the year. I was on like two-inning, 25-pitch uh, max for yeah. my pitch count. 
whichever comes first, two innings or 25 pitches. And um, just kind of like just building on the workload and letting get seeing that number keep going higher and higher and higher. And then finally, uh, my start in Columbia, where I was still on three, three innings, 55 pitches, um, I threw like 34 pitches through three innings. And, they were, and I was like, come on, you got to go, let me go out there again. He's like, do that a couple more times and then maybe we'll let you go out there. And then we kind of home and I throw three innings, 34 pitches or 36 pitches. And then um, were we at home? No, we weren't at home. Were we at home? Where did we play last week? Well, the weekend series in Charleston, and then we were home against Fayetteville. Fayetteville, yeah. Okay, so Fayetteville, yeah. Through three innings, 36 pitches. Yeah. And then Charleston, I go three innings, uh, 32 pitches. And then I looked at my pitching. I looked at Morty, and I was like, dude, this is the third time I've done it. I've been under 40 pitches every single outing for three innings. Like, you got to let me go out there. And he was like, yeah, all right, you're going, you're going. He's like, your uh, buddy, buddy tells me, like, hey, you're still in it. And then I was like, all right, cool. And then Morty's like, you're still in it. Um, so I was just, like, honestly, that really, like, that really made me, like, focus even more. Like, all right, here's my fourth inning. Like, let me go and let me go and just do the things that I usually do when I pitch and kind of shut it down and, and you know, just be happy with four innings. Uh, so obviously, like, I started to focus a lot more once that third inning, uh, once I got out of that third inning and found out I was going out again. So just kind of focused on my breathing, just focused on the batters that I was about to face. Um, and then obviously I went out there and I thought I did, I had it pretty well for my first fourth inning. So it was very, very, very exciting. There's, there's been some games that you've started here at Pelicans ballpark that I've been on the call for where, you know, you'll just shove through three innings and, I'll be looking over at the dugout, seeing if you're walking back to the clubhouse or not. And I'm just hoping that you're coming back out for a fourth um, just by the way that you're pitching. And I think it was that Fayetteville start, um, the last one you had at home, where I saw you walking back to the clubhouse after three. And I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Like, I just I want to see more, you know, and I'm sure you want to pitch more, too. Oh, 100 percent. I 100 percent agree with that. Obviously, there's been some uh, there's been some very frustrating times where uh I've only like my pitch count's gone up a little bit and I'm done after two innings and it really frustrates me. Like I, there were, I think it was, it was actually Salem. Salem, I threw uh, two and a third and I ended up getting taken out of hit pitch count. I think like 50, 55 pitches. And I didn't do bad. I gave up one run, one or two runs and in the first inning and then I went lights out the rest of the outing. And I came in and I spiked my glove. I was just – and I wasn't pissed that I was out of the game. I was pissed that, like, I was on just such a low pitch count. I could only go two and a third. Like, unless I'm closing, it frustrates me not to be able to go out and get more than three innings of work in. So, yeah. there's been, definitely been some frustrating points. But, I mean, I'm glad that I, I'm at the point to where I'm getting better and better and I'm throwing less pitches and that I'm able to actually extend my outings now. Yeah. I talked to uh, your good friend and former roommate, Porter Hodge, uh, who got moved up to South Bend a few weeks ago about his game day routine for starts. And he was a really chill guy. He said that he had chicken and rice. Um, he would go and get a drink from Starbucks. And that was really about it for your starts. Uh, what is what is your routine? Um, oh, God. I honestly, it's, it changes a little bit, but I usually try and keep it to a T um i'll usually kind of wake up i usually have like eggs steak and eggs is usually like my breakfast of choice before uh before an outing um just got a lot of protein in and then um i usually try and have some kind of carbs during lunch so rice would be one of them or pasta one of the two mm-hmm. and then um i try to just have like a snack like a banana and just have like a bio steel which is like uh electrolytes kind of like gatorade but it's better 
Um, and I try to have one of those like an hour and a half before game. And then it's kind of like my eating routine. And then I kind of just chill out in the locker room with just play music a little bit before yeah. I get out there. I've heard that um, before some games, you've been spotted out by the pond uh, outside Pelican <laughs> Ballpark fishing. What? I didn't even know we have fish out there. Yeah, we didn't know either. Me and uh, me and my roommate uh, Chase uh, Watkins, he uh, we were like, "Yeah, you, you want to try and fish out there like after BP or something?" Like we have like an hour, like two hours before a game, so like there's we just don't want to be sitting in the locker room just listening to music blaring in our ears. So like, yeah, let's just go out there and chill and fish. And there's actually some some fish in there, some smallmouth bass. Wow. Okay, I, I've only seen. I mean, I've seen some turtle turtles like kind of hanging out yeah. around the area. Did not know they were fresh. Um, that's hilarious. Just a way to yeah. loosen up, I guess, right? Oh, 100 percent. It definitely like lets me like just sit down there, chill, relax. It's not really loud, so it's it's really nice, especially before games. I want to touch on uh, your cleat game because I know that you've had uh, at least one pair. I don't know about multiple, but uh, at least one pair made by Mike Reynolds, who's the assistant clubhouse manager yeah. here in the Pelicans ballpark. He's been making cleats for years. Um, he sent me a pair that you wore a few weeks ago that had, I believe it was the Charlotte skyline. And, uh, yes. and so, I mean, it was like the Pelicans colors. I mean, what, what kind of custom cleats have you been wearing this year? Um, so the first couple outings, I was wearing these Adidas cleats. They weren't custom by Mike, but they were custom by a guy I had, uh, do them about a year ago. So obviously I wasn't with the Pelicans before then, so I didn't have Mike. Um, they were, it's kind of like a memoir, memoir for my, uh, for my two grandparents that have passed away. My uh, mom's side and my dad's uh, side parents. Um, so, uh, I wore those, it was supposed to be like something that I'd wear once an outing or once every, uh, one outing my debut in every level. So like my debut in low and my debut in high, but, um, I didn't have any other cleats to wear. Um, the only other cleats I had were these new balance cleats and they just hurt my feet so bad. And so I talked to my parents a little bit and they're like, yeah, you can just keep wearing them until you get new cleats. So I wore them. I probably wore them about four or five outings. And then finally I got some new cleats. So I put those up until I get, if I get, whenever I get promoted, whether it's this year or next year, I'll wear those again. Um, I have, a pair of New Balance size 17 customs. Uh, they're kind of like beach themed, like they're Myrtle Beach themed. Yeah. Um, a lot of like palm trees on it, lots of yellow and lots of, lots of blue in there. And then um, those are my home cleats that I, I usually wear white now because those kind of like are really tight on my feet. So I wear these like white Adidas cleats. And then my aways, they're like my actual away cleats that I always wear is uh, the Charlotte themed ones. It's kind of got like a, like a honeycomb for the Hornets. Uh, Kind of like for, uh, and then it's got like the Queen City with the skyline, and then it's got like CLT on the side. So it's just yeah. kind of like a like a memoir from hometown. That's incredible. Um, I know I, Mike always sends me the new cleats that he's making, and I mean he made some for Triantos last last week that were super cool. I think he made some yeah. for PCA when he played in the Futures game. Um, mm -hmm. So just incredible designs. And I've, one thing I've noticed about you when you have the choice to pick which jersey to wear here at home, it's always the baby blue. Uh, yep. Pelicans jersey that you're wearing is there like a different material like why do you prefer pitching in that jersey um so honestly I don't like having a lot of layers on like um so we've been having like this problem with me like because my hands get my arms get I'm like I sweat so much like during outings like it's I probably sweat the most out of all the pitchers and I was having a problem where sweat was like dripping down onto my hands and it was messing with my pitches. Like my hands were getting really sticky sometimes. And I'd like, 
Uh, I think it was Del Marva we faced at home. I hit three kids on sliders, uh, one to the kid's back foot, and then two I hit the kid on the front quad. Um, so I was just – it was gripping – I was gripping the ball way too – I was getting too much grip on the ball. Like it was tacky, sticky. Um, so we, like, thought about it. I was like, hey, maybe you should try putting some sleeves on. So I pitched in a – I threw a bullpen in a long sleeve. And I, the bullpen went really well. Like nothing was really getting in my hands. So like, all right, cool. And then I was like, well, I don't want to have another layer on under. So I went arm sleeves. So I just had these arm sleeves that went from like here down to my hand. Uh, you probably seen them on Pasco bodies. It's like yeah. a blue, like a little like navy, like a dark blue uh, long sleeve, uh, arm sleeve. And um, if you've seen the like blue undershirts for our home jerseys, our whites. It does not match the blue of the arm sleeve. No. And I like, I put on, I was like, all right, I'm, I, there was one day, I think it was the Fayetteville outing. I was like, you know, I'm going to wear white. So I put on my white jersey, I put on the undershirt, and then I put on the arm sleeves. And I went to the mirror and I was like, this just does not look good at all. Like it looked really bad. So I was like, all right, we're going blue. So I went on blue. And then honestly, blue has been my jersey of choice all year. I've, I've thrown in gray the past couple of away outings, just, well, just the last away outing in Columbia and uh charleston but uh definitely blue is definitely my favorite jersey i think it's it's all about you know look good feel good play good i mean that's you know that's my mentality i'm sure that's yours as well i think you throw in the you you threw in the pirate jersey on one thursday didn't you yeah i mean that's there was it's kind of like we don't have control over that part like we have to win right well i think the pirate jersey looks sick anyways oh i love it i love it the only thing i'd say is like the downside, I think it's only on those custom jerseys too. Not the customs, but like the specialty jerseys, like the pirate jersey, the palmetto jersey, um, the stuff like that. Like, is when it gets really wet, it starts to uh, it starts to stick. So like yeah. you can literally because like there will be times if you're really if I'm like really sweaty and and like the pirate jersey, you can see like the sweat sticking onto the jersey and sticking onto my skin. Like it like it like is right on my like on my chest. Yeah. And, and like it kind of makes it like really weird to pitch in. Like it's kind of uncomfortable. So yeah. like I'll probably have to wear an undershirt the next time I pitch in that. I, uh, I've i always been, you know, curious, you know, which which guys like which jerseys. I actually uh, so we had a jersey auction uh, last homestand with those visit the, the Myrtle Beach jerseys. Right. The city yeah. uniforms. We had a jersey auction. I actually bought a jersey. I got Alfredo Zaragas because I'm just a huge <laughs> fan of when he comes out. And I'm like, you know, what? I'm yes. gonna Zaragas. And uh, I put it on. Cause I thought it fit me. Right. It's, you know, he's a, he's a shorter guy. I'm a short guy. I put the Jersey on and I'm like, this is light. You know, this, this feels light. I don't know if I'd want to wear an undershirt with this. Like this just like feels like a t-shirt to me. Yeah. Um, so I, and I know that all those specialty jerseys are made by the same company. So it's uh, it's interesting. You know, I don't, I don't know uh, what the best way to go about it is, you know? Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. Like all the jerseys that we wear are like really good. It's just like the preference on like what Jersey I like the most. Obviously blue is my favorite. I wear gray away a little bit now, just cause like I've been on like a little bit of, I don't know, I'm not going to jinx myself, but I've been feeling really good in the grays uh, the past couple outings. Yeah. But uh, no, the specialty jerseys are great. And then there's uh there's Navy, which no one chooses Navy anymore. No, that's not that. That I think you guys wore that for you know maybe once or twice the first couple. Of we years. wore it once, wow. and it was it was my choice. I picked it actually at the beginning of the year. We uh, so we wore it was my obviously it was my first start in low A baseball, and yeah. we had worn the blue jerseys the day before, and I didn't really know because like it was my first time in pro ball picking picking a jersey, and I didn't know that like if it was good or bad to wear the same jersey we wore the day before again which now I know it doesn't matter. So I wear blue every single time almost. 
Um, and I was like, dang, like, I don't want to choose blue again. I don't want to feel weird. Like, you know, wearing the same jersey we wore yesterday. So I was like, all right, guys, we're going Navy. And it was up, it was fine up, up until then. And then down the road, I comes out, like, you can wear whatever you want. And then I'm like, everyone basically comes to an agreement that no one is picking that Navy jersey ever again. Uh, you know, I've talked to Stan, the clubhouse manager with the Pelicans, and those jerseys first came into rotation when we were a Rangers affiliate. So from 2011 to 2015, and the Rangers guys loved it. I mean, you look at pictures of Joey Gallo when he played for the Pelicans, and he's always wearing that Navy jersey. And originally, <laughs> they were meant to be like batting practice tops because, you, I mean, you look at them, they look like a batting practice, you know, shirt. Like it's got the, yeah. in the corner. And, um, but, he, you know, I think they started wearing them for batting practice and they were like, you know what? It's way too hot in these things. Like it's really humid in Myrtle Beach and it's way too hot to wear these for batting practice. And then, you know, they just kind of got phased out, yeah. phased out of the rotation. So, uh, yeah, like you yeah. said, like nobody wears them anymore. So, yeah, it's not really the jersey of choice now. There's definitely a better choice with gray or blue. Absolutely. Um, okay, so you went to college, San Jacinto College, before you were drafted by the Cubs in 2020. Um, now, you recently met up with one of your college, former college teammates, Bryant Salgado, for the Fayetteville mm -hmm. Woodpeckers. You pitched with him in college. Uh, you know, what was it like catching up with him? Because didn't he go and play with Chase Watkins as well at Oregon State? Yes, he did. That's, that's incredible. What was that like? It was really cool. So, we, uh, because we had like been talking about it, like, you know, we were like, oh, we played Fayetteville. Like, we're going to play, we're going to see Bryant. And uh, obviously, me and Watkins being roommates, it was just like a crazy, like, little three way circle with like me being Chase's roommate and then Chase knowing Salgado and then me going to college with Salgado as well. So uh, we got to talk during BP. We got to take a picture after uh, after the last game of the series. So it was really cool to talk to him and see him again. Um, actually, this is my second time playing against a teammate in Pro Bowl. I played against uh, Jackson Rutledge for the Nationals, too, also at San Jack. So it was honestly, it was really good seeing like my teammates in Pro Bowl that I used to play with. Yeah, no, that's unbelievable. I went back and looked at the stats of Salgado from college, and I'm, I mean, he pitched in a lot of the same games that Chase did, so it seemed like they were kind of, you know, paired up out of the bullpen. So, yes, baseball is a small world, man. Oh, 100%. It definitely is. It brings a lot of people, like, there's, like, times where you'll, like, talk to someone and be like, you'll say someone's name, and like, oh, you know them too? And then it's yeah. just like, it just circles around. Yeah, I, I mentioned it before. Uh, you, were, you were drafted in the fourth round of the 2020 draft by the Cubs. Um you know, what was your first interaction with the Cubs organization and, and how did they notice you coming out of college? Um, so actually we have this, uh, our junior college has a track man. Um, and that got installed my, I think, I think my freshman year. And I think the Cubs paid for it to be installed at our junior college. So, um, but yeah, uh, the first time I actually interacted with the Cubs was obviously I had like a, a draft questionnaire my freshman year. And then, uh, Obviously, like a couple weeks before the drafts, I had a, uh, a Zoom call with everyone on it, um, with the people in the Cubs organization uh, working there, like uh, Matt Dory and people like that. Yeah. Um, so it, that was my first interaction. And then obviously, like I ended up getting drafted by them and then like instantly called my uh, area scout uh, from Texas, who I had talked to a lot about the draft about him, like saying like they really wanted me and stuff. So um, that was kind of like my first interaction before I got drafted. I knew that, obviously, I know the track man is a huge part of the game with getting, you know, advanced statistics and stuff like that. But I was talking to Sheldon Reed uh, when he was here. And because he he went to Clemson, um, he was a pitcher at Clemson, but he came to college originally as an outfielder. And he said that it, he thinks, that it, you know, it was one maybe bullpen session or one uh, session out of the bullpen in a game that the track man got, you know, he had some good statistics or some good velocity and the track man read it. And then all of a sudden he was getting like all these scouts, you know, coming after him. So 
I, you know, obviously it's a, it's a big part of the game and it helps you get noticed. Um, but, you know, what was that draft day kind of like for you getting drafted in 2020 and just what was that whole day like? Um, it was, it was a whirlwind of like emotions because um, I didn't like, I wanted to get drafted really bad, but like before then I didn't think I was going to get drafted. So I was just chilling. Like my agent obviously told me like, Hey, we still have a chance that you, you might get drafted today. Um, and so the first night goes by first round. Like, obviously I didn't really have any like glimpses of getting in the first round. Uh, and the second day comes and, you know, the picks keep coming in, picks keep coming in. And my agent keeps calling me. I do this. Is, this is a weird draft. Obviously there's been some, there've been some weird picks in the first round, uh, which I mean, that's kind of how it is every year. Um, and then the fourth round comes by and um, the, my agent calls me and says the Phillies want to uh, want to sign me, gave me the number. I said, yeah, sure. Cause one of my old pitching coaches is now with the Phillies. He's a coordinator for the Phillies now. Um, and I was like, yeah, sure. It's like, uh, I'll take the money. Like just, I'll, I'll take it just so, that, so I can get in with a pitching coach that I actually know in pro ball. Um, and then the call comes in and they didn't, they didn't pick me. So I was like, all right, cool. That's fine. And then I think like a minute after their pick came in, I got a call from my agent again saying the Cubs wanted to take me. And I'm pretty sure they were either, they were either back to back or like it was the Phillies and then some other team and then the Cubs. Yeah. So this was all in the fourth round. Uh, and he calls me a minute after the Phillies took their pick and they're like, Hey, the Cubs don't offer you. It's a little bit better money. Um, and I was like, take it. And then just kind of sat there and waited. Uh, and then finally the name got called. So it was, and then we were just really excited after that. Yeah. Obviously didn't pitch in 2020 with no minor league season. 2021 had a few outings. Um, I mean, last year we're, we're well into this year at this point. And like you said earlier, if you're really turning a corner, right now but um you know just focusing on the rest of this season what are some things that uh, you're, you're going to try and focus on uh, to finish strong here in 2022 um uh definitely in the weight room just kind of keeping my uh keeping my list moderated making sure i'm not getting any weaker and make sure i'm not overloading myself at the same time and then uh, on the mound just continually throwing strikes like that's been my biggest focus uh i feel like i'm as a pitcher, like I'm very hard to hit on the mound. Like I personally think, um, but it doesn't help. I don't help myself with throwing balls all the time and having a low uh, strike percentage. So definitely just focusing on strikes. Uh, definitely. is going to be the big part for the rest of the season. Absolutely. Well, Luke, we look forward to watching you. I know I've had a great time watching you start this year uh, from the broadcast booth and good luck the rest of this week in Augusta. You're starting on Thursday or Friday? Thursday. Thursday. Okay. Looking forward to watching it, man. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to the Pelicans Road Trip interview series. You can catch new episodes highlighting the birds during every Pelicans Road Trip of the 2022 season. If you can't make it to Pelicans Ballpark for the home games, watch the live stream at MILB.TV or radio at MyrtleBeachPelicans.com. I'm Sam Wiederhaft, and we'll see you on the next road trip.